0: People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu from Blue Wire Podcasts.
1: Rotoviz family, welcome back to the On the Daily DFS podcast. You can find us on Twitter at On the Daily DFS. You can find me at Salito and of course, my fellow co-hosts at Matt Jones TFR and at TJ Calkins as well. We are here to take you game by game through the main slate slate for Week 14, guys. Uh, we discussed before we got on the air about season long and and how that's all going and. Uh, I, you know, Matt doesn't play a lot of season long, so he made the playoffs on 100% of his one leagues. And uh, TJ and I got some other stuff going on. But, you know, we have a 13-game slate this week. So let's not waste any time. We have a lot to talk about, and there's a lot of good players spread out across the slate. We're just going to jump right into the games, and we kick off with the Vikings and the Buccaneers with a over of 51-point five guys Dalvin cook comes in at a whopping $9,400 coming off of 32 carry nine target game. He caught six of those targets last week and they asked him how he feels today. And his response was he feels great. Now, 26.9 points is a lot of points, but when you're spending $9,200, right, it's kind of hard to get the return value on that, that you want. So Matt, is, uh, is Dalvin cook a-, a need to play in cash or we're going to go through some other guys I think are probably better bang for your buck this week, but what's your opinion on Dalvin cook?
0: Yeah. I mean, he, um, he saw 33 expected points last week. He actually was, um, you know, somewhat, somewhat unlucky as far as actual fantasy scoring goes compared to the workload that he was given. But, um, Nine targets is the second most he's ever seen uh, in his career, which uh, I thought was interesting. He's really only had, I believe, um, I think it was only three or four games over eight targets, which I didn't really. I feel like he's just like one of those guys who just sees a million targets all the time. But uh, looking back at it, he actually is closer to five most weeks. Um, I mean, I don't see how how you don't play him in cash uh he's gonna continue to i I mean i I shouldn't say that i I think you can figure out other ways um but i don't think he's a bad cash play uh so I, i i don't know that i'm going to uh necessarily get there but i don't think it's uh i don't think it's like the wrong decision um if you can find the salary to play him um what about you tj what are you doing with him in tournaments
2: Man, I'll be honest. Uh, I, I like the passing game here for Minnesota a lot better. Uh, I like the wide receivers. So I, I actually like Cousins a little bit, which is uh, kind of wild. But uh, the, the 9,400 is so prohibitive, and just looking at the next two backs down the list, I would project both of them to score more points, as, assuming uh, McCaffrey plays. So at the very top end of the uh, of the running back sheet here, I, I'm – Essentially out on Cook, I really don't like the price. I don't like the matchup, and I I very well could be without him completely this week.
1: Yeah, and uh, speaking of those, the the passing game and the wide receivers, you know, Adam Thielen comes in four hundred dollars cheaper this week than Justin Jefferson, and Justin Jefferson is a lot of flash and a lot of big plays, and we've seen the the list of him being the second highest yardage total rookie in his first 12 games behind Odell Beckham and he's more than Randy Moss on the same team yada 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 but uh you know all Adam Thielen does is catch touchdowns the man has 12 touchdowns this year so Matt Jones if you need to make a choice between J.J. at 7,400 and Thielen at 7,000 what direction are you going
0: I mean why not both
1: I can't argue with that either I mean it's
0: you, I mean, you figure, I don't know. I mean, this, it, it, that's obviously, uh, you know, more, more of a tournament play. Um, but I, I don't really see uh, a reason why not to, you figure those two guys see such a high percentage of cousins targets and, um, considering how popular cook will probably end up being, I feel like it will be decent leverage too. like, I figure cook will at least be 15 to 20 percent like somewhere in that range um so if you play two receivers on a team with a running back that's going to push 20 percent ownership in a tournament i feel like that is usually going to be um at least somewhat unique like a lot of people are going to use one of those guys i don't know how often you're going to see uh them stack together and then you can also pick, uh, you know, pick a receiver on the other side for a mini correlation if you want. Um, but the, the two of them are, uh, in the top 15 for expected points over the last month. So they are both getting, uh, really solid workloads. The knock on Jefferson was that he really wasn't seeing, um, you know, like a ton of targets, but that has, uh, that has started to shift. So I, I think you're probably flipping coins between these two guys. And I think playing both of them is uh, an interesting way to uh, be a little unique.
1: Well, let's talk about who we would bring back on the other side, TJ. So uh, I do believe that this is going to get over the, the 51.5 total. I think there's a, a path to a lot of points in this game. And uh, Tom Brady comes in at 6,900. He's had three 30-plus point games. This year, and I have a feeling they're going to come out of the bye week throwing. I, I have a feeling they've done a little bit more work with Antonio Brown. Now, the guy in the red zone all year has been Mike Evans. He's gotten plenty of touchdown targets, plenty of red zone targets, end zone targets, and he's come through on a lot of short touchdowns this year. But I just have a feeling at fifty five hundred dollars that Antonio Brown is the best, the best value of these three wide receivers. This week, um, Godwin didn't practice again with the finger. I'm sure he's going to play, but he's still got the finger lingering. And Evans was also limited on Wednesday with the hamstring. And this is coming out of a bye week where they've already been off. So, if you're going to bring a wide receiver back, or if you're looking to pick one of the three, what, what's the order you have these guys in, TJ? Oh,
2: I think it's pretty easily Godwin at the head of the list if he plays. A- you know, he's been playing with those pins in his finger since that surgery. And I can't imagine any universe where, you know, just dealing with perhaps a stitch or two or just maybe a cut, whatever you want to call it, is going to be worse than the pins. So Godwin is absolutely at the top of the list for me. But if by some miracle that he doesn't play, then it is AB. Uh, Evans at his price, as you mentioned, how touchdown reliant he is. And I mean, That is essentially the entire bulk of his value. If he doesn't get two touchdowns, he really isn't crushing value of DFS. So I'm just generally staying away from Evans. I mean, I've always been that way, but this year, you know, without those short touchdowns, he'd be considered a massive bust. So I'm just uh, away from Evans on Godwin, if not pivoting to AB. How about you, Matt?
0: Yep, I, I fully agree. That's the order that I would play them in.
1: All right, uh, as far as the running backs go in this game, you guys can stop me if I'm saying anything you don't agree with, but we're off the Leonard Fournette train at this point because it's become more of a mishmash in the backfield, and when it's going right, it's more Rojo than anything else. But at 6,100, you could go other places this week for backs that are going to be more reliable than any one of these two. The only thing I'll add is – At $4,800 before the break, Gronk saw his his best yardage game of the year, seven targets, six receptions for 106 yards. I would like to see if that continues coming out of the break, but that is something we could see down the stretch as this team gets prepared to push for the playoffs. Let's jump over to the Arizona Cardinals and the first-place New York Giants. One thing, Matt, we joke about the Giants weekly. The one thing we cannot deny is that the defense – is playing really well. They shut down that Seahawks offense for the most part. Last week, no. they seemed to be – The
0: Seahawks shut down the Seahawks offense.
1: Yeah, I, I get it. And, you know, the thing with, with the Seahawks, when we get to that game, we'll talk about how different their scores are from the first nine games to now, the difference in scoring overall on both sides of the ball. Uh, but right now, we're on the Cardinals side. And the Cardinals, <clears throat> they've been playing pretty ugh, on the on offense themselves lately uh kyle murray has not been good for multiple weeks now Uh, he he's he's somebody i'm definitely not looking to play and definitely not looking to play in a spot i i know you you want to hate your own your own giants but i do feel like they are one of the better defenses in the league right now so i I don't know that i'm too excited uh kenya drake is 5500 hours um that is the one place i think you can attack the giants defense matt so if you're going to play anybody on the Arizona side, is you have a favorite Hopkins getting you excited in any way?
0: Yeah. I mean, you would, you would hope that uh, that Kyler gets, gets back on the right foot <clears throat> at some point. Right. Uh, he, the, it's really just like the, the yardage total uh, passing yardage totals have been brutal. Like, like this year's Lamar Jackson, brutal. And he just hasn't been rushing the ball lately either. Like he's only had five rushes in each of the last three weeks and he hasn't rushed for more than 31 yards. Like you're, you're talking about a drop off from the beginning of the year where he was consistently scoring rushing touchdowns and he was consistently getting into the fifties and sixties for rushing yards. So when you, (laughs) when you take those five to 11 points, away it's going to get pretty ugly pretty quick uh if he's not rushing the ball so um i'm not like i'm not over the moon um about this game in general uh i think that i think drake is probably fine especially if kyler's not going to be rushing because part of the problem was that like i said he was taking uh some of those goal line carries away that could have been drake's and we could be talking about drake as a uh, you know, having a completely different season, um, but I know I know TJ is a uh, a Drake guy. So what what are your thoughts on Drake at fifty five hundred? And uh, what are you interested in? You're, you're nobody's playing Dan Arnold, right? He was on the field for nine snaps and <laughs> l- I mean, luck box. Right? Yeah. That isn't that great. Oh man, <laughs> just so great! Yeah. I loved watching those touchdowns. <laughs> well, yeah,
2: and, and plural is the problem. But, uh, yeah, I I definitely like Drake. I mean, I I think I might only want running backs in this game, and now we're seeing two years in a row where the Cardinals just slow down. You know, they they, whatever they're doing early in the season, it kind of works, but they can't sustain it. I don't know if it's just because Kyler became banged up and probably because of too much running throughout the course of the season. You know, he's not the largest human out there. Yeah. if they would have just split that up with Drake, particularly some of that goal stuff, stuff, uh, like you said, totally different season for Drake. And it's not like they would be worse off for it. I truly don't believe that. Uh, I do think there was some mismanagement throughout the season. Probably things they'll address going forward. But for now, like you said, uh, Drake's probably the only playable guy on the Arizona side. What about you, Sal? Where are you at?
1: Yeah, no, I I agree with you completely. Hopkins has to get the touchdown last week really to save the day over there. You know, 13 targets, pulls in eight of them, but only 52 yards. And with uh, all the points that Matt made about Kyle Murray right now, until he's healthy, until he's got the ship going in the right direction, I don't want any part of that passing game. Now, you alluded to running backs in this game, and I also agree there. I don't want any part of the Giants' wide receivers, uh, especially if Colt McCoy is going to play there is – some hope that Daniel Jones is going to play, but I'm not sure even with Daniel Jones that there's a receiver that's consistent at all on that team outside of maybe Evan Ingram. But, you know, this isn't a great Evan Ingram week, but let's talk about the running backs real quick before we jump out of this game. Wayne Goldman is up to 5,700. He has his best rushing game last week and gets absolutely sniped at the line on, on two touchdowns uh, by Alfred Morris, of all things that it turns a sixteen-point game, what what could have been, you know, a thirty-point blockbuster game from Goldman last week. Yeah, you know, Matt, can can we can we really consider Goldman reliable now? I mean, the yardage, week in week out, he gets it, and he was getting the touchdowns before this game. So at fifty-seven hundred, I think Drake is a better play, obviously, for two hundred dollars cheaper. But at fifty-seven hundred, any interest in Goldman?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you know if you're if you're just looking at you know, whatever opportunities per dollar. Um, I don't know that there are very many plays that are better than him. Like, yeah, they're going to mix in Morris. Yeah. They're going to, um, you know, have the corpse of Dion Lewis on the field every so often. But I mean, he's, he's going to see a a significant chunk of the work. And I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, they they clearly trust him on the goal line. They're giving him high value touches. So it really comes down, um, you know, like I think he's a safe play. I think the the ceiling that he could potentially have is probably um, directly tied to the targets that he sees. He had seen, um, I think, five targets in two of the last five weeks. And those were uh, those were pretty solid games. And then last week he wasn't using the passing game at all. So if that continues, then you gotta you gotta jump ship. But um, I I do see a situation where you could get you know three four targets uh, and eighteen to twenty carries, and like what the hell else more do you want from a fifty five hundred or fifty seven hundred dollar running back?
2: <laughs> we just need Dan Arnold to not play uh, Alfred Morris in DFS this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's hit up the the Super Bowl champ. Kansas City Chiefs against the Dolphins with a 49.5 total. The Chiefs had to struggle to beat the Denver Broncos. Not as crazy as you think because it is a division game, and we know in certain matchups those teams get up to play those guys. But we did not see a lot of great things out of the Chiefs. The the game was a little bit slower than we used to see with them. But that makes me feel all the more why they'll come out this week and just light it up. You know, and uh, every time I feel like it's a bad matchup for them, they prove me wrong. And I think that I felt when I first looked at this game, I was like, nah, I don't really have a lot of interest in this one. It could be a slow game. Dolphins defense has played well, but Matt Jones made some money off of that same situation a little bit earlier. like, what are we doing? That's it. So, I mean, I don't know that we have to get into the breakdown of each guy. I'd probably stay away from the running game right now until we figure out what's going on we had the dreaded the dreaded ch is active but he didn't touch a ball last week so if you were playing that game and like a showdown or something you really got you got kind of screwed on that but um with that said if you don't have anything you want to absolutely go into on the chief side on the dolphin side it's Gaskin was right back into that role that TJ we said last week, if he's back there in that role and he was right back into it at 5,600, he had 21 carries and two receptions last week. You know, he fumbled the ball. It's to be expected coming back, but at 5,600, they're going to have to do something against this chief's offense to, to keep it interesting. And I expect them to probably get a few more targets this week, TJ. So, um, Miles Gaskin or uh Mike Gazeki, who I know you love a lot and had a big game last week <laughs> with one of those guys you're interested in this week.
2: Uh, I think Gaseki was something of a result of the brawl, but uh Gaskin, I'm absolutely interested. And as we speak, I'm just trying to piece a lineup together to see what fits with Mahomes, Tyreek, Kelsey, and Gaskin. I mean, this is truly a game you can put a core in, you can feel great about the floor, you can feel <laughs> even better about the ceiling. I mean Let's not forget what Tyreek did the last time he played in Florida. So, we we could uh, we could easily see that sixty point game again. Um, well, not easily. That's a dumb thing to say, TJ. But no, go easy. There let's, is no. Let's get
0: hot here. Come on.
2: Well, I, I mean, there is no limit to what uh, the big three on KC can do, and I, I think they blow up again this week after, like you said, the underwhelming game last week.
1: All right, so you heard it here. I mean, that's a great, great stack in this game. And if if there's nothing else for this one, let's move along to the the Titans and the Jaguars. We have a 53-point total in this game. And listen, the Titans got down early last week, similar to the way that they got up early on the Colts the week before, and they had to fight back. So from a Titans fan standpoint, if you are out there, Titan fans, it wasn't fun. But from a fantasy standpoint, we saw – uh, most of the weapons in an offense outside of Derrick Henry benefit from being down early. And that's what you lose with Derrick Henry. We've been so high on him lately, but since they don't use him enough in the passing game, when they trail early like that, he tends to get taken out of the offense. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't figure a way to throw the ball to him. He's still the best player on, on the field. He's still the guy who will get chunks of yardage. And it's just a mismanagement of play with a great player. But I don't think that, we have that it's a big spread in this game, but the Jaguars have stayed in close games with good teams lately. And I think that they're going to do it again this week with the Titans. And I think we have a nice back and forth game. And uh, I think we could be back to considering Tannehill who we had gotten off of after off to a good start early in the year at 6,700. He put up 32 points last week. He's facing the 29th ranked QB defense, AJ Brown, now, here's where you want to pay attention A.J. Brown. He missed practice on Wednesday with an undisclosed reason. So if that happens again on Thursday, then that's an issue. But if he's practicing Thursday, then that just means no big deal. He's out there and he's fine. But, I mean, Matt, I'm excited about everybody on the Tennessee side this week. Maybe maybe not the tight ends, but Corey Davis gets me excited. at $5,700 coming off a 38-point game, and I'm expecting a heavy dose of derrick henry again and the benefit of last week's bad game is he dropped 500 dollars this week to a nice affordable 8700 how about you maddie what do you intro into this game
0: yeah i mean they they just they took him off the field like jeremy mcnichols uh was on the field for almost 50 percent of the snaps last week um they had they just had no incentive to to keep henry out there like you if you just look at the final score of that game, you have no idea what actually happened. Like that was that was a, a pretty embarrassing uh, as far as the Titan side goes. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to play the hell out of Derrick Henry this week. I think everybody is, um, and I'm just going to deal with it. I mean, the the real story I think of this year in general, and something that uh, I've sort of I, I didn't, I definitely didn't see coming is just Corey Davis's emergence, right? Like he he only has two fewer uh targets than AJ Brown. Uh he has basically a, a little bit more air yards like he's he's being used uh like crazy and I don't know, like I never think about really playing him any week, but he's just been like doing well every single week and he's uh he's only 5700 this week. Um, so I think, I think this is a situation where, um, he'll probably push like eight, 10% ownership. Um, obviously, I mean, if I don't know how seriously AJ Brown is in danger of, of missing or whatever, but I mean, if he missed like Corey Davis is going to be, uh, and it's basically Brandon cooks from last week, uh, as far as cash games go. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want to figure out a way to mix and match all these guys as many ways as I can because I think Jacksonville is garbage and they 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 uh, busted their nut last week and I don't think it's going to happen again.
2: <laughs> hey, I'm with you, man. They allowed three skill position players uh, over 20 points on DK yeah. last week, so they, there's absolutely no reason it can't be Sprint, It can't be everybody, but so yeah, uh, all the pieces on Tennessee are very much in play but I mean, there is probably not a larger ceiling on the entire slate than Henry's. So, and that includes Tyreek.
1: You know, we we talk about Robinson every week again. Another another week, another 20 point, another 20 plus points. He's got a good matchup again this week. And I expect him, you know, at 7500 dollars you could probably get uh guys a little bit cheaper, um, like like we talked about Drake and guys like that. Um TJ, before we jump out of this game, let's let's talk about wide receivers. You know, we expect them to – I'm expecting the Jaguars to stay in the game but have to chase a little bit. And, you know, we talked about Colin Johnson last week, and he put up a 12-point, you know, like 12-and-a-half-point game last week. He's $3,600. They're going to be chasing. Uh, you liked him last week. Is there a guy you're interested in going back to this week?
2: Yeah, I kind of thought he was – excuse me. I thought he was direct backup to TJ Chart, but – Looks like he's going to play no matter what. You know, uh, while I like Shark again this week, he is completely boomer bust at this point. I mean, he will kill lineups as we saw last week. Uh, When he was active, I said, okay, well, I'm going to go to Shark. I didn't end up playing Johnson. You know what? I'm not going to make that mistake again. He's a guy I will use to force that KC stack in there. So I'm okay with it.
1: Perfect. Let's jump to the Cowboys and the Bengals with nice low total, 42.5. Matt, I asked before the show, guys, any games that we could skip, Matt's like, yes, Cowboys and Bengals. But before we completely uh, run away from it, just real quick, Zeke Limited on Wednesday.
2: Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history.